0: It's Raising the Vibration right here on iHeartRadio.com. We're at RaisingTheVibration.org, RaisingTheVibrationRadio.com, iHeartRadio.com. And I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 29-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles. I'm the founder of the nonprofit RaisingTheVibration.org. I'm a creative and a performing artist, and I come to you live from my home in Southern California. Every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time, this show was the first outreach of the nonprofit that I started in 2016 after my mother passed to carry on her teachings. I sort of put my grief into action and founded a place where everybody could benefit from all the wonderful and wise words that I grew up with, and also all of the humor and and all of the humility and all the things that were so fantastic about my mom. And the cornerstone words of the nonprofit are peace and love and kindness and unity, which were things that my mom believed the world needed so much more of, and I agree. When we started this show, this show's cornerstone words are ascension, evolvement, inspiration, and love. So basically, what are you doing to raise your own personal vibration and add to your own spiritual and human involvement. And then what are you doing to take that and inspire others? How are you sending the elevator down and bringing up a hundred people at a time? And most importantly, what are you doing to bring more love to the world? So every week on the show, I gather people that I believe are the brightest and the most beautiful and the loveliest hearts and minds and souls that I can imagine And we talk about what's your passion, what's your service, and what are you doing to make the world a better place because that's what it's really all about, right? We're here, so what are we doing to make the place that we live a better place? And we're human, so what are we doing to make our one human family a better family? And that's what we do here. Every week, my guest today I've interviewed a couple of times, and I just adore her. This is her first time here on raising the vibration. She's an author and a sex and trauma therapist, and really understands the importance of helping and healing others to make the world a better place uh so please welcome to raising the vibration. The wonderful Edie Nathan is here. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to have you here.
1: Oh, Sheena, it's great to be here. It's uh, I love your intro, and it is about love, so, so much about love and how we can um, bring the elevator up. Love it.
0: Right? And, and how uh, yep. each one of us, right, as we work to make ourselves healthier and happier, we're affecting all those around us, and that's affecting the everything, and it all starts with us.
1: It all starts with us. That's right exactly right and um it, the me- that message was was clear in uh in in your beginning uh of this of this wonderful radio show that where we talked a lot about spirituality and we talked about psychic phenomena and and the resonance of the the really the brain to be able to to see so much and for the body to be able to feel things that are, that we might not be able to explain in real terms and how it affects us psychologically. And, and that conversation has certainly blossomed for for you, I see, and for me as well. Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. I remember one of the things that I took, uh, from our first couple of interviews, and of course, when I met you, you were doing Psychic Kids, Children of the Paranormal, That's with right. my dear friend Chip Coffee. Um, was that you boldly said that you had intuitive gifts and that you were you used them to help people in your practice? And my mother was a therapist and also a psychic medium. So for me, growing up, that was a natural thing that you used your spiritual gifts to help people psychologically. Um, but I know for many, many years, as we talked about when you were here with me the last couple of times, there was a great divide in the community between those things, um, but, right. but I believe that is beginning to heal. People are realizing that somebody using their intuition and their beautiful souls to help heal you as a therapist um, only benefits you uh, as a client or patient of that therapist, right? I mean, you use what you got to help. So I love Absolutely. that you're so open about that and that you make those two worlds a beautiful thing that vibes together and not two separate worlds because that's where I've always come from too. Was that hard for you as a license to begin to sort of talk about the idea that when you are healing somebody's mind, you're also healing their heart and their soul and the whole package?
1: Yes and no. It, it it's It's hard because... So I I I wanted everybody to kind of understand that there was a lot going on in terms of the the process of being a clinician and then being able to see or feel the pain of someone on multiple levels that it doesn't have to be a scary thing and that I actually believe that we all we all and you I I know you do that we all have access to it it's just a matter of do we decide to listen or not and mm-hmm. to bring that forth, right, to, to acknowledge it, to say, but there's something else that's going on in the room here and there's something I'm feeling or there's something a client might be feeling or there's something that a training physician or clinician might be feeling that they can ignore or they can acknowledge. And by acknowledging it, they're probably going to get a whole lot more information. By ignoring it, they're shutting the door. Uh, um, I agree. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And don't you think that the more we evolve and the more we have these conversations, the, the more we're kind of taking our mind, body, and spirit and becoming a, a more cohesive, more whole being? because we're Mm -hmm. not trying to pretend that our mind doesn't affect our emotions and our emotions don't affect our body and our soul doesn't affect it. We're realizing that (laughs) we are this complete and complex package of all of these different mechanisms within us. And if if one is lacking or one is hurting, then it's affecting all of the others. And that's the reason that sometimes people who are empaths get migraines, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. people who have deep trauma, develop gastric problems and you know all these things uh-huh. are so tied together and it's looking yeah. at ourselves as a whole to me just seems like the simplest thing to do
1: it's 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 it is it's simple and it's complex right it's simple because we we're, we're, we're talking about all of these aspects of the self that we carry that which we can see that which we can't see and and yet it's complicated Because each of those pieces um, has a voice, has an essence, has its own particular way of informing us of something that's going on. And to be able to listen, to be curious is a whole other conversation because it can be scary if you're not prepared to be curious to ask the questions of each of these different aspects of the self and it can also be overwhelming in a, in a, in a good way like i feel overwhelmed and i'm i want to experience this journey i want to experience the itinerary that's before me and 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 so it's it's going to be about how we invite in that which we are unsure of and, and we remain curious and we allow whatever images come in through our dreams and, and through um, rapidly occurring instances that kind of reassure us of something that we know that we weren't so sure of.
0: Yeah, beautifully said. Yes, so true. And, and then the the goal is overall healing, right? To to fix all of our parts, so that yeah, we, and yeah, I believe so that we become, yes.
1: No, no, no. Go on, and go yet. on.
0: I think uh, that well, we become a, a stronger, isn't...
1: a stronger,
0: uh, a stronger whole being, so that we can then help others to become the same.
1: Yes, yes, and I'm, I, my apologies for the interruption. I, got, I get so excited when I speak with you that I, I, I just wanna. And <laughs> okay. these thoughts are just coming in so quickly, right. like they like they do, right? And 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 yet yes. the the idea of the healing, and I have a challenge around the healing because I think that sometimes what we are taught is that to heal means we forget. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't believe we can. I don't believe we forget no. the wounds. No. And that's my No.
0: I agree. And I also think that sometimes we don't properly heal the wound. And, and I have been guilty of that in my life. That's kind of the journey I'm on right now is that, you know, I think that those of us who feel that we're here to help others, when we have our own hurt and our own trauma, sometimes we just stuff it down, heal the surface, and keep moving. But like mm-hmm. an abscess, right, it, it never really goes away until you get in there and heal everything. And then you mm-hmm. find that there are things in your life where you're not moving forward and you're not healing, and then you realize it's because you have pockets of wounds that you never really work through. You just stuff down and said, I'm tougher than this, and I'm going to put a smile on my face and keep going, which is great to do that. But as you said, and yet the, the trauma doesn't go away unless you heal it.
1: So, I would like to do a yes and on that. I don't know, and I've been in a big discussion with myself and with my guides um and with clinicians and with spiritual people my my guides that i that I can see and my guides that are are you know- that that walk around me that um that let me know they're there every once in a while and and that is what is the question is, what is healing? What is it to heal? What is it mm. to prom- make a promise of, I will work with you, and you will, we will jointly go on this on this journey with an unknown itinerary, and we're going to heal. Is is it is healing? Because I don't believe that healing is about forgetting, but is he does healing mean? that you've gotten over enough of an obstacle that's been in the way of you living your best life and that the wounds are still there, but they don't fester anymore and they don't bleed anymore. Right. And they're not oozing anymore. They're there,
0: though. Right. Right. Yes. Yes, I believe that is important. Yes, and to acknowledge that they're there because to yeah. acknowledge they're there, I believe, makes you a, um, a stronger person and a softer person. That's My right. mom used to always say that everything that had happened to her in her life had made her stronger, but it also made her softer. And I love mm, that because we don't have beautiful. to emerge from trauma so tough that we no longer feel. We should emerge right. stronger, but we should also emerge with a gentler, more tender understanding of what we've been through and what others are going through.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, so I have really good you... news.
0: Yes. Oh, good. Please.
1: Yeah. My good news is that I just returned delivering a, a talk at Oxford University in England. Beautiful. And there were the most amazing trauma therapists there in the field talking about trauma. And for the first time ever, one of Dana began to talk about spirituality.
0: Yay. And
1: nice. it was amazing.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah right because sometimes your trauma has come with you into this world i mean trauma comes That's from right. all different places why That's did you right. decide to focus on on trauma what what about that really sung to your soul about where mm-hmm. you wanted to place your emphasis as a healer
1: mm-hmm. you know it's, a, it's 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 a good question because as you said you and i started this conversation when I was doing Psychic Kids with Chip Coffee, right. and I was the therapist, and I was really bridging the worlds of that which we know and that which we don't know or cannot see or understand, and in the minds of these tender children, they were seers and they were experiencing things that 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 you know, therapists and psychiatrists and doctors couldn't explain and they wanted to medicate them and make the voices go away and they were diagnosed with schizophrenia and they didn't have schizophrenia. But what some of them did have was trauma. Mm. And it doesn't matter where the trauma comes from. It doesn't matter if it's generational or or it's because of a family system that goes wonky we couldn't talk about it on the show, and it's now so many years later. But the people often who are seers, who, who, have, who have tapped into the depths of, of going beyond the world that we live in to be able to see others' pain, to be able to see auras, to be able to experience the way someone tastes or smells or be able to have visions that are beyond their own lives, that there is a correlation between those experiences and the world of the traumatic experience and event that happens to someone. And Mm, that correlation became deep within my own seeing that I could no longer deny. Mm.
0: that's beautiful, yeah. I think oftentimes the trauma unleashes, a trauma can unleash a lot of things in us, right? And and one of those mm-hmm. are gifts. That's why so many people's right. gifts develop after near-death experiences, right? You have a, right. an accident yeah. or a heart attack or you get hit by lightning and yeah. y- you go home for a hot minute, as happened to me when I was 23 in a in a freeway accident. And then you come back, and you have that you have that openness with you that you brought you brought back from home to the earth, and then yeah. all this stuff starts coming out. So I think yeah. it also is very true of people who, um, you know, just when you know a lot of people that are psychics and mediums, right? There's a lot of trauma in there often, and and hopefully right. an, an understanding and a will to heal people because of that but but I think yeah. yeah I think you're absolutely right and that's that's so interesting so it was from that experience that you more and more wanted to specialize in healing people mm-hmm. from trauma
1: Mhm I'd I'd had a traumatic history myself it was pretty horrific and it just kept coming coming at me and coming at me and the more it came at me the 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 harder life became for sure, and yeah. yet other worlds opened up, and I could see people's pain, I could feel it, I, I I I I could say things, and I didn't know where they were coming from, but I had to trust that what I was seeing and what I was saying that there was accuracy in it, because time and time again, I was on point if asked to repeat what I just said, I probably couldn't. <laughs> and yet <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> because Right, right? I mean right. I mean you're yes. you're a you're a psychic medium. When you when yes. you go into that place, if then you leave that place, I imagine, and I don't know if this is true or not, you'll have to confirm that, that that it's it's it, it, you don't remember. You're not, you're, it, it's not Sheena.
0: No, it, it's you and it's not. No. Right. It's just, I'm just a channel. I'm just, I'm just the radio yeah. that the message right. comes through. And and for right. me, because I kind of keep the, I keep the hatch open all the time. I don't close the channel. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. do. I don't because right. Right. my service is to be on call um, I find that just in my everyday life, not just when I'm in session, but in my everyday life, um, I, I I can't tell you again what I said five minutes ago because <laughs> so much of it is being channeled through me. But I love okay. that because I find that it, it, it forces, you know, it started when I started doing live radio and, and then when mm-hmm. I came out of the closet with my gifts, it just, um, and opened my spiritual practice, it just sort of heightened that, that, that it, it forces you to live in the now, right? If you have to mm-hmm. always be sort of on call, like I always, I always describe it to people as like, when, like fire people, right? You, you work like a four-day shift where you stay at the firehouse, but there's not a fire every day. You, most of the time you just pet the Dalmatian and wash the truck and cook for each other. And then every once <laughs> right. in a while you hear that siren and you got to go. And that's what it's kind of right. like, I think, to be a person of service. You're always right. on call. But you're not always needed. But you always mm-hmm. have to stay in the present and in the moment and in the isness because you never know when the siren's going to go off. And it That's forces right. me to be very present. And it's very much changed me because I think a lot of human beings are taught to live in the past or think about the future all the time. And they're never in the now. And it's such an important place to be.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It can be a very hard place to be for for some, and so thinking Absolutely. about the future, right, or being in the past is um, one is a dream, and the and the and the other is a a, a, rec, a, a memory of uh, of what of what did happen, or what has happened, or what makes you you right
0: right right yes. Yeah. And I find with a lot of my clients, and you probably find the same, getting them into the now sometimes is very difficult because they want to continue to ask the what ifs of the past and and not get to a place where they, they stop, like you said, oozing and bleeding out of those wounds mm-hmm. or everything mm-hmm. is focused on what's happening in the future Nothing is about living right now. They don't. They don't want to be present in the moment. And it. I know it seems like a scary thing to be in the moment, but once you start to live in the moment, it actually feels really good. Um, it feels really good to take your life in one day at a time as you live it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it, think it, that it, it on, on an earthbound. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it does. I, I think that we're culturalized. Uh, in the in our earth life, in the human world, right? We're culturalized to ruminate on all the things that didn't make us happy in the past or be so nostalgic about the past that everything in the present and the future is terrifying. Or we're taught to just look forward. What could happen? What could I have and never take stock in what's going on right now? So I, I that's a big thing for me is to, to try to help people to, to learn to spend some time in the present. You don't have to be here all the time, but but sometimes so you're actually enjoying your life. And I used to be that kind of a person. I grew up in the entertainment industry where it's all about when I get this, when I get that, when I get this. And I remember I I was, there were all these things I was going to do when my radio show got syndicated, right? I was going to remodel my house and I was going to do this and that and this. And one day somebody said to me, you know, Sheena, you're 35 years old and your life is just going on. And it's not (laughs) stopping while you wait for these things to happen. And, you know, honestly, I'd never thought about that. And that when I really started thinking, wow, while I'm making all these plans, my actual life is happening, but I'm kind of holding my breath, waiting for all these future things to happen. So I try Mm -hmm. to help folks to not make the mistake that I did and And do that, because y- you do need to kind of be enjoying every day, and, and I try every day to to take stock in the beauty of what this day brought, even if it was a trying day, which sometimes they are right
1: being in the, being in the moment, being in the present is, is is hard for sure for many people, and I've certainly yeah. struggled with it. What I find is is scent and aroma is. One of the best ways for me to get back into my body uh, and and to and it 's something that I recommend to to clients and friends you know go smell a flower mm-hmm. you know allow yourself to to smell the air like al- allow your sense of, of of smell to become alive and and just notice just be in the noticing of. What am I smelling in the air? What smells good? What maybe doesn't smell so good? You
0: know. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. What, what is the hardest thing you think? One of the hardest things, or some of the hardest things, um, for people when they're trying to heal trauma, deal with people, deal with trauma, heal with, tra- heal from their trauma, um, n- not have this giant thing that hangs over them for their entire life, that they don't touch like like a hornet's nest that hangs in their psyche, that they never go anywhere near. Um, What are some of the first steps? What are some of the ways that folks um, can start to heal? And and what do you think are sort of the hardest things for folks in that regard?
1: You really created the languaging around what's the hardest piece. Which is admitting it's there, yeah, and it is we want to avoid, we want to put our heads in the sand, we want to say, i'm too busy i'm 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 too hungry, I'm too involved, I've got things to do and And I'm going to go to sleep, I'm going to sleep early, I need to get eight hours, and then I need to exercise, and then I need to go see friends, and then I need to go to work, and I need, you know, and all of these needs, I need to exercise, I need to make sure that I exercise three hours a day, because I don't want to have any downtime. And the way that the traumatic mind will often work is to do everything in it's power to not look, to not be curious. And mm. what the trauma does, and now I've really been talking about a whole new topic that is very exciting for me called sexual grief. And mm. it doesn't, I mean, sexual grief is, it's a, it's, it's something that holds you hostage, and it is either a, a, a sexually traumatic response to an event that is predatory in nature, or it's it's a response to a sexually traumatic event that was developmental, and that mm-hmm. can happen to us over the span of our lives, and from not sure. being wanted at birth to you know to um. To, to aging and and the dichotomy of of the aging population and desire and trauma and how that can be a traumatic experience for, for so many. Not for all people. This isn't for all people. But what I find in the sexual grief effect is this sense that People don't want to be curious and the first way to disengage from the hostage taker of our trauma, that it wants to imprison us, that wants to take us and take our lives and our hope and our self-love away from ourselves, is by just creating that hostage situation that says, I gotcha, I'm going to keep you trapped and you're never going to get out. And I'm going to make sure that you stay busy, and I'm going to make sure that you don't think straight. I'm going to make sure that chaos is everywhere. I'm going to make sure that you're a hoarder or that you can't get in touch with those important spiritual voices that want to speak to you, but that you cut off. And Mm -hmm. if we can find a way to be curious, if we can find a way to say, I'm not afraid, I'm going to listen. And I'm mm. not going to avoid, rather I'm going to sit with you and by sitting in in the in the stuff, by asking questions, by wanting to learn about why it needs to have this power that then you actually reduce its power and you reduce the degree to which it holds you. Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yep. Pull it out from under its rock. Yep. That's such yeah. a wonderful way to, to deal with it. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's one of those things that you think is going to be terrible, right? But then yeah. it turns out that you're better for it. It's um, I remember when I was in my mid-20s, I had my gallbladder removed. And I was so sick while I was having these golfing attacks. Mm. I thought I was dying because it was affecting mm. my liver and I was exhausted. And it was just, I was like a 60-year-old person who was 24. And it was oh, just horrible. Terrible. And when I went to have the surgery, I woke up from the surgery. And, you know, you wake up from a surgery and you don't feel great. Somebody's been right. messing around in your solar plexus, taking something out. And the nurse <laughs> says to me, I know you're in a lot of pain, but get up, go to the bathroom, Look at yourself in the mirror. You already look better. And I thought, she's got to be out of her mind. So I got up with my little IV pole, and I dragged (laughs) myself to the bathroom, and I stopped and looked in the mirror, and she was right. I already looked 10 years younger. My color was so much better. Just getting that thing out Wow. that I was so worried and scared to have that surgery because of the pain. But what needed to happen right. was the the disease thing needed to go. And I think traumas right. like that, right? You, you you're That's so right. scared to address it. But just right. getting it out um feels just so good afterwards. Off.
1: You have a face off, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like a, okay, I've got my sword, you know, and I'm gonna be liberated and because because otherwise you sit in self-loathing otherwise you sit yes. in
0: disgust
1: otherwise you sit in a life that is not the life you dreamed of and yes. we must we must be able to have that life that life that is spiritual that life that 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 has possibilities that life that is in living color and 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 not is not in in shrouds of gray.
0: Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And do you find as a sex therapist, I mean, this is kind of an unanswered question, but I'm asking it for the sake of, of our listeners today, that there is a lot of trauma that is, that is sexual in nature and a lot of, and I will only speak of this country because I've not lived in another country, a lot of shame in our country surrounding the idea of exposing a sexual trauma um, in order to work through it and find healing.
1: Absolutely, you know, one of our one of our most famous gymnasts, Simone Biles, you know, revealed mm. the the sexual trauma that she went through and the the abuses that were just horrific. And when she showed up at the Japanese Olympics, she was dealing with. What they call the twisties—not my term—when her mind and her body were really out of sync, and that—that's how mm. they describe it. That's how the books describe the twisties. And when when we are in a traumatized state because there's been a sexual abuse or domestic violence, or really, I I think, you know, even on the spectrum of a developmental tra- trauma that happens, that. It is a, a point where our minds and our bodies go out of sync and that the goal to healing, and I would like to to offer you this and your audience this, is to get our minds and our bodies back into sync so we can think yeah. straight, so that we can access those higher powers, so that we don't have to be in a continual state of a spiritual emergency. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Yeah, but that's that pushing down again, right? I got to yep. I've got to get to the Olympics, so I've got to push it down, yeah. push it down. Push, right. I don't have time for this right, right now, and,
1: and, and even though is, you don't
0: have time for it, hmm.
1: you don't have time for it. You don't have time for it, and he, and you don't have time for it. And the media never brought up that she had been in trial. They no one no one ever said, do you know what this woman has been through? And and look look at her. Look at what she's doing now and 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 we now go to someone who is less well known just just our common human folks human beings and and it's so so sad because everybody around wants to keep silent they want to swallow the the words the thoughts the feelings and when all of that gets suppressed and repressed, it comes out, and you mentioned this at the top of the show, it comes out in the gut, and it comes out, yeah. you know, in emotionality. And and then what happens to that spiritual connection? It, it gets enhanced and cut off at the same
0: time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and you stop when you start... Push, pushing things down, you're in a sense withdrawing from the everything, and oh, and you're absolutely. becoming more separated from from the earth, from your loved ones, from from spirit, which is what I like to call God, and also mm-hmm. from your connection to your inner core. Right, you're you're yeah. retracting and pulling back into a place of isolation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But but I think that our country is very here's my very professional term. Funky when it comes to anything Mm -hmm. about sex. So sexual Mm -hmm. trauma, it just adds that to the end power, right? This is not a country where a lot of things are discussed or where a lot of things are um, talked about when it comes to sex. So when somebody has some kind of a a situation where they have been violated or traumatized in some way, there's almost a fear that you should never talk about it. That it's It'll be worse for you if you just tell the truth. I mean, it, people will look at you and how will they react to you. And that has kept a lot of people, I think, from dealing with their trauma. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think we need to pull that out from under its rock, right, and expose mm-hmm. it into the light so that that doesn't become a thing anymore.
1: Yeah, we, we need to give the permission to speak and to, mm. I, I call it the guillotine effect. We need to not like separate our, um, our heads from our bodies and walk around carrying our heads kind of as headless beings that aren't feeling because the feelings are too much. Yeah. It's time to read. Yeah, I
0: agree. And what drew you into that, the interest in in being a sex therapist and in people being healthy in that regard. I just think it's so needed in our country so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a combination of, of, of a lot of things. I, I came initially into the work because of, of, of my work with grief and mm. wrote a book on grief. And that was after psychic kids. I'd always felt that there was this, Mm, internal voice, internal burning within me that, that knew things and we've talked about that and I couldn't explain sure. to you why I saw what I saw or why I felt what I felt. I felt it and I felt it from a very, very young age. And and I am a survivor of abuse when I was nine, mm. but I was also bullied and I suffered from being overweight, which I believe was really a response to having been abused. And, and it sure. just kept, coming on and coming on and coming on. And so my journey began with let's have a conversation around grief. And I, I lost my my first beloved when I was twenty seven years old and it 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 took everything out of me to lose this this wonderful man who taught me what it was to be loved. And we'd only been together for two years. But in those two years wow. I learned about love and to lose him was um life shattering life evolving and i made choices after that that i needed to make they may not have been the best choices for me but it what evolved over time was the realization that to honor paul and my relationship with him that i needed to to um get that elevator and put a hundred people on that elevator and elevate them mm-hmm. and, and help people Beautiful. learn about grief, right, but as the grief conversation began, then so did the trauma conversation and then when the trauma conversation began, it was like people were dealing with their bodies and with sex and with sexuality and with desire and and then with that came loathing and disgust and and shame and 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 a, a sense that they weren't achieving in life what they needed to achieve. So being a sex therapist for me was not about sex per se, but about some primal part of the self that we lose that is so essential. And when we lose that, it's hard. This is not a conversation of gender. This is a. A non-binary conversation. Anyone and everyone sure. can get affected by this, and yeah, you know, absolutely. within the LGBTQ plus AI, I mean, it it it, it, it community. It, it, it's it's we must 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 talk to all people. We must talk to them because yeah. if we don't, if we we, we 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 are losing we are losing our 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 footing in this in this trauma conversation if we don't talk about the 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 sex part of it the primal sex part mm-hmm. of it and and if we don't talk about
0: the grief. I agree a hundred percent. Yes, I I think that is I think that um, sex is a hard enough thing for Americans to address then if you throw into that people who are um on the spectrum of difference from sexuality to gender um then it just even is off the rails and then if you add religion into that it's you know oh, what i if mean if you there's add a lot religion that's right dealing with a lot of stuff it was interesting I, I when i was very young we had season tickets to the repertory theater near where i grew up and we went to see a production of 12th night and there Shakespeare's 12th night and there was a very interesting thing in the in the program about how why Americans have never really caught on to Shakespeare and it was about the the puritanical ethic of our our forefathers right whether or not you you actually are that i mean my my forefathers you know came on a boat from ireland cuz the potatoes went bad but
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter
0: when you be, when you're an american that puritanical ethic trickles down and part right. of that ethic is their weirdness around sex we inherited yeah. you know 500 years later we still have it and that's why right. it was about all about how you know why americans had never really embraced shakespeare and theater and the arts, and it's all because of those were all puritanical no-nos like sex was. Mm-hmm. right? And I think that's true. I think we're very nervous about nudity. We're very uncomfortable about uh, people with different sexualities. I think we're, we're even more uncomfortable about gender difference. I mean, the, the whole thing, it just makes us very uncomfortable. And I speak as somebody mm-hmm. who is on the queer spectrum and also is gender different. I'm part of the intersex community. And my own journey of, first of all, nobody ever telling me that I was intersex and having to figure it out in mm-hmm. my 30s and mm-hmm. you know, just being told I had a birth defect. And then the way that it, that it stopped conversations with people. Um, if we think we got problems with sexuality, we haven't even begun to scratch the problems with gender yet. So much yeah. of how we think of ourselves surrounds binary gender that's right and that's right for that younger generation they're blowing our minds with the non-binary and i think it's such a beautiful thing that we're expanding but but sometimes growth hurts
1: sometimes growth hurts that's right that's right
0: so i think it's beautiful that you're doing that work and
1: it's yeah thank you yeah anything and it's beautiful Anything that you're willing to have yeah. this conversation around it. So thank you.
0: Oh, absolutely. i, I 100% willing to have this conversation. Um, you know, I'm not a person in my life. I had this very private, very wonderful, open, accepting, beautiful, but very private Depression-era Irish mother. So I was not raised to, like, walk up and down the street and tell everybody my business. But in in my life, being a public person and being on the radio for over half my life, um, I find that so many things about me I never thought I would talk about. I talked about because I realized somebody needed to hear it and someone Mm -hmm. needed to say it, and I guess it was going to be me. And Mm -hmm. I don't expect everyone to live their life out loud, or I don't think people should come out and talk about who they are if they don't want to. I think your business is your business. But I do think there needs to be somebody there to talk about it. And boy, did I ever learn that when I realized I was part of the intersex community that, you know, we, we, we haven't quite had our moment yet. And so many people live in fear of people finding out it. And just the whole idea that you're, that you're not this one thing or this other thing um, is Mm -hmm. very frightening for people of our generation, right? Like I said, for kids, it's they're just like a little rainbow of choices. They're really learning, but, but for those of us in the middle of our lives, (laughs) we're still, we're still trying to figure it out, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Still trying to figure it out.
0: And you must deal with that every day in your practice.
1: Yes. You know, my clients are my best teachers. Um, but I also say that about grief, and I say that about trauma. They're they're the best teachers, and we have allies. Our brains, our brains, our brains are our, one of our greatest allies. And if if people can understand that we've got a fluid brain, you know, we 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 are, we, we really want to talk about just fluidity, period. But our brains are are yeah. fluid. If they're they, they move and they're they They have momentum, and they're able to actually change the way they they hold on to a traumatic experience or um, change the way they hold on to a belief system. And it is that plasticity. It is the um, the brain's ability to change itself, as Norman Deutsch talks about, that 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 is our ally. And if we can understand that it is an ally, then that's where the hope
0: is and we must have hope. So wonderful. That's so beautifully said, my friend. I am, I'm so honored to know you. And I think you're doing such beautiful work to heal people, both on a one-on-one basis and on a global level. And I, I think that you completely and totally understand the concept of making the world a better place. And I'm, I'm honored to have you here on the show. And I hope you'll come back and do this with me again.
1: I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Great conversation.
0: People can find you and learn more about what you're doing and get in contact with you.
1: Absolutely. For sexual grief, they can just go to sexualgrief.com. If they want a broader perspective, it's ednathan.com. And Ed is spelled kind of strangely, E-D-Y. And Nathan is N-A-T-H-A-N.com. And then a lot of free stuff on Psychology Today where I blog and Medium, um, and I'm also creating a sub-stack, so there'll be a free part and a subscription part, so please come say hello to me, and if you heard me here, um, say so, and you know we'll send you a, a, a gift, a chapter from uh, It's Grief, uh, which is my first book.
0: I love that. And I have said this since I first interviewed you to everybody I know, my friends, I always say anybody who is your client is a very, very lucky person. And, and however many years it's been since I've interviewed you, I believe that even more now, my friend, and I thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you again. And um, I can't wait till the next time.
0: Me too. Me too. The wonderful (laughs) Edie Nathan, everybody, she's wonderful. And if you missed those links, Please go to SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's the best place you can find me about my spiritual life, my entertainment life, um, my psychic life, my radio life, all of it together at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Or you can find me everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. That's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, X, formerly Twitter, um, at at SheenaMetal is how you find me. And, um, if you want to find my nonprofit movement of peace, love, kindness, and unity, RaisingTheVibration.org. And, of course, if you want to find this show, RaisingTheVibrationRadio.com. Thank you to iHeartRadio.com. We are here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Until I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration and know that you are loved and you are loved and you're loved by me. And I'll see you next week. I'm Sheena Metal. This is Raising the Vibration. Take care of you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?